Hi, my name is Titi Mutendi and you are listening to Enterprising Families Podcast. Welcome to the world of Enterprising Families where we discuss the issues of governance, next gen and looking at how families of wealth and family businesses growing into families of wealth can preserve their wealth, become better as they go forward into a new generation. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Enterprising Families and on this episode of Enterprising Families I have with me Leah Zveglish and we are going to be speaking about living together during and after COVID as well as separating business and family and I'm so excited to have Leah here. Welcome Leah. Hi nice to be here thanks for having me. You're most welcome and can I just ask you to introduce yourself to my audience before we get into our topic of the day. Uh, well, I've been working as an advisor for family-owned businesses since 2000, and I can't believe how fast time goes by when you are having fun. And my background is I've been an entrepreneur since I was in college. So last year of college, I started my first company. And then uh, later, I studied MBA in international business and organizational behavior. So what I do is I give advice to families on the people side of the business, uh, which is most important, but often not uh, getting as much attention as the financial or the sales aspect. And then I support them to build a sustainable business that can last into multiple generations. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And as I said, the topic of the day is living together during and after COVID. It's been almost, it's, we're getting into year two or f- like halfway through year two. Mm-hmm. And COVID-19 started out in 2019. People didn't really take it seriously. Got into 2020, the world started shutting down and families found themselves under house arrest Um, imposed because we had to keep each other safe and we had to be considerate to um, the people next to us and that found a lot of families who were not used to spending 24-7 together in the same rooms in the same house and unable to escape the company of each other and some of these families were families that were business families that were used to working together sometimes and but not necessarily being in each other's hair all the time. What has been your experience in watching uh, this whole conversation and experience unfold with families? Well, as you said, it's been an interesting journey. I would say it's been the hairy roller coaster ride. (laughs) And it seems like this roller coaster ride is still continuing, not as hairy as before, but still. So what I noticed is uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, the families considered this as a temporary situation. So they were just, okay, they were accepting it. So, okay, we will shut down the business for a while, but it'll be okay. We'll be up and running in about a month. And then that got extended and extended. So by the time uh, May came, I started getting calls from the families uh, that they wanted to discuss, oh, you know, uh, I think we need to do something about our business because 
we cannot continue like this, just completely shut down, continue to pay the employees, and we do need to think about some strategies. And then at the same time, as people are staying at home and have a lot more time because now they are not commuting, they are not traveling, and especially the first two months of the pandemic, there weren't as many meetings because people haven't migrated into the virtual reality yet. So slowly they started thinking, well, maybe this is good time for me to do my leadership development that I always wanted to do and my personal development. So we started getting inquiries for coaching, which was very encouraging because again, uh, personal development, leadership development, even though they are extremely important, usually it's the last thing that people pay attention to. So that was uh, good. And then uh, as families spend more time, especially in areas where culturally families, even extended families live together in the same house or in the vicinity, such as that's very common in Asia, very common in the Middle East, also in Africa, Latin America. Uh, I started getting calls from people saying, oh, I cannot do this anymore. I mean, my father is right in my face and then my mother is chasing me every day. And so, and then over dinner, they started having, even the families who are very disciplined, separating uh, work and the family life, they started mixing it because now your home is your office. So over dinner table, they are talking about business topics and then they are talking about personal topics and they get emotional. And so I started getting a lot of calls about it. But by the September came, it seems that everyone accepted that this is going to be a while and this is going to be the reality. So all the positive or optimistic expectation that by the summer we will be back to normal life, that's all gone. So now what I see is in a way a positive thing. People are now accepting this virtual reality as the business norm and they are actually making a transition and doing the preparation. And then also, especially this year, I see a lot more initiative coming from the business, trying to adapt to the new environment. So starting from trying to come up with a new strategy and they are trying to reinvent themselves. And then uh, also they are trying to put, introduce more technology so that they can really manage this virtual working environment. However, there's still a lot of weakness areas. So for example, uh, developing the technology, unfortunately, it's not that simple because most of companies, the way they do business is unique in their own way. So it's not easy to just get the off-the-shelf program and then start using it immediately. It takes time to customize it. So even simple things as uh, customer service programs, there's a plenty of them in the market but all of them require customizing and that requires two, three months of confusion and delay. So this is a challenging time. Another interesting thing that I noticed was uh, starting from about May, we started getting more interest in succession planning. Succession planning is also another sensitive topic in the family business. Mm -hmm. So, if the younger generation bring up the succession planning, sometimes it can be seen as, oh, 
are you trying to push me off mm -hmm. <laughs> or are you saying that I am too old and you know it, it's often seen by the the current decision maker as a negative thing so the younger generation have difficulty bringing up the topic mm -hmm. and then the existing generation in today's environment where we live much longer much healthier there's a tendency that they delay thinking that, oh, I'm still perfectly healthy. I could continue another 10 years. So I've had a number of cases of founders who, who are in their 70s, even 80s saying that, no, 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 I don't need to do succession planning yet. I'm still perfectly healthy. But during the COVID, that mindset changed because mm -hmm. all of a sudden there's the, the third factor that oh, I could be gone tomorrow if I get COVID. I think I'd better start thinking about my succession planning for the family and the business. So currently there's a lot more interest in the succession planning and putting more uh, infrastructure and systems in the family business. So I would say overall uh, for the family businesses, the impact of the COVID has been positive in the context of mindset change, uh, in the context of uh, business evolution, I would say it has been negative because family businesses tend to evolve much slower. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, it'll be interesting to see how this year pans out for the family businesses. And how have you seen in terms of the relationship between business and family? Are family businesses, have they been able to, during this time or even before this time, been able to separate business and family and then work on each entity in terms of streamlining it and making it um, a better functioning system? What so far, what I've seen is, as I mentioned earlier, there's been too much of mixing business and the family during this uh, pandemic because mm -hmm. it's difficult for families to really separate it. Mm -hmm. So this is something that families need to be very mindful, mm -hmm. even the ones who are living in the same housing complex with the extended families who are all involved in the business. Mm -hmm. that they, they do have to pay a lot more attention. Mm -hmm. um, and then in some of the cases where they can go to the office, also they have to be mindful that every day having a discussion or studying the meeting, talking about the COVID, which in a way they have a little bit of control, but not so much control, that kind of create helplessness mindset. Mm -hmm. And once people get into the helpless mindset that it's the, it affects our overall thinking. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend not to do that. But by the way, for currently, what I noticed is globally, the businesses are relying too much on the government, hoping that they will make the right decisions and take the initiative. Mm -hmm. But I would recommend businesses taking their own initiative. So mm -hmm. rather than government to provide the protection, start 
taking actions within your own organization, creating safe working environment, because mm. any of the government initiative takes long time to make a decision because currently the, the, any decision that has to do with COVID is so highly political and sensitive. Mm -hmm. So also because of the political pressure, it's actually difficult for a government to make the right decision. On the other hand, family businesses that has centralized decision-making, once they figure out what's the right formula to do, then they can just make a decision and go ahead. So for example, uh, there's a lot of debate about the, should, should it be a national policy to wear the mask and not wear the mask? Should it be mandatory, optional? Okay, instead of waiting for the government to make a decision and follow, uh, do the study. So, for example, I can tell you that there is uh, already plenty of study done and proven that wearing proper mask and in the proper way uh, protects people. So if you want to open the office, rather than waiting for the government uh, regulation, come up with your own company regulation and uh, provide a mask to your employees or uh, require employees to wear the mask and even hand washing or keeping the air clean in your building by installing uh, special air purifiers that kills the virus. So come up with your own regulation and find ways to open the business. Mm -hmm. I, I think what you're saying is very, uh, it's very important because it's um, that savior mentality that we sometimes get into and get complacent and with family businesses, they tend to be the, the leaders in, in, in community and mm -hmm. the societies around them, the communities around them take initiative from seeing those family businesses lead the way and to a certain level um, that show of strength and show of leadership and um, encouraging um, employees as well as encouraging the community that they serve to be a lot more conscious to um, be a lot more aware of the fact that we're still in a pandemic, even if economies start opening slowly, um, I think is really, really important. It falls under even um, philanthropy as you may have it. And um, in that space, it falls under just the fact that you are using your social capital and you are leading by example and people then feel, people look to leaders, people look to people mm -hmm. they admire, people look yes. to the people around them. And this is an opportunity for businesses to really shine through and show that we are there to serve you. But at the same time, we're taking initiative to ensure mm -hmm. that you're protected and you're safe. Yes, exactly. Yes, I absolutely agree with you. Family businesses, they rather than relying on the government to lead them, they should lead, set an example, because um, leading by example is the best way, mm -hmm. uh, not by just talking about it, not trying to lobby and influence the policies, mm -hmm. but start implementing the safe COVID work environment uh, within the company and let others follow. Mm -hmm. um, and then once there's enough companies doing that, and actually government will follow because mm -hmm. in the end, it's the, the companies who are leading the economy mm -hmm. uh, that has more influence than any of the policies. 
Absolutely. So it is important that family businesses focus on how to create safe work environment. And actually that should be number one because without the safety of employees, whatever new strategies you have to evolve your business, it won't be effective. So number one focus should be creating a safe working environment and opening the businesses. And number two will be finding ways to evolve your business strategy and focus adapting to the current new business reality. Mm-hmm. And then number three is within that to keep the uh, health of the family business, finding the balance, separating the family and work. Mm-hmm. Those would be what I would recommend. And then also looking at the outlook of the, the inside environment of family businesses, looking more of the steps that they're beginning to take this this time and this space has left people very much afraid and not sure what to do especially family businesses in terms of investments in terms of should we put money back into the business should we start um, investing in other business that are supportive to our business should we completely diversify our portfolio how have you seen the thought processes that families have been going into and where have you seen them really putting their investments during this time? Well, so uh, during, the, during this, uh, I would say, crisis, mm-hmm. uh, people are kind of acting in a reactive way and jumping around in a way like headless chicken Um, because they are in panic. And as you said, there's a lot of fear, but decisions made with fear is never the right decision. Mm -hmm. So what I recommend the families to do is accept the exceptional cases that because the COVID affected their business so much in a negative way that they are in crisis, I would recommend any other businesses that managed to survive so far. Actually, I would recommend bringing outside help and do a serious strategic planning session before making any decision. Mm. The reason is this is really the time. I would say this is the one of the most exceptional time in our business history that we never experienced this kind of global scale of economy being affected. Almost every country, every sector, uh, and every level of income are affected by COVID pandemic. Hmm. So it really requires exceptional innovative thinking Hmm. and usually family businesses, they don't really do the structured strategic planning or strategic thinking, whatever the founder has in his head, he communicates and they discuss together, but it's usually one way communication. And even when they have the discussion, usually it's a discussion within the internal uh, family members. Mm. And when same people with the same mindset have the discussion all the time, Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to be innovative. I mean, if we are discussing the same topic with the same people year after year and telling ourselves that we are being innovative, we are actually fooling ourselves. So this is the time 
to bring some outside thinking, some new processes, some new approaches to spark the new ideas and innovation and creativity and really approach at a strategic level. How do we adapt to this environment? How do we reinvent ourselves? Where is the future? Where is the economy going? Where do we see opportunities? And what is our capacity to manage that opportunity? Because also there's a difference between opportunity being there and you actually being able to uh, uh, seize it. Mm. Because if you underestimate your capacity, you could actually get into an opportunity and that leads to disaster instead of prosperity. So this is the time really the careful thinking is needed. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend families to seriously consider having an outsider coming in and help them to do the serious strategic planning and really re-look at their business model, their mode of operation, uh, people they have, all the other details. And I'm just thinking also from the the discussion we've had and all the points that you've brought up, it's taking me back to a situation where where you mentioned where family has had to be together in a space where uh, they stay in the same compound or same residential area. And I'm thinking even when it comes to decision making or investment making, have you seen a, a change in the participation of um, married ins or in-laws in conversations around business? Because previously it would probably be business being discussed at the office or in a setting where it's a, a more nuclear family council. But now with a pandemic going on, everybody would have had that anxiety of wanting to know what's going on, wanting to have a say and participation and also all the speculation because nobody actually knew what was going on with the pandemic. Although there was news coming out of various news outlets and some and governments were trying to put in, in place measured measures to, to help. There was so much uncertainty. We I think there came a, a, a place and time, even for myself as a family business owner, that you weren't sure what six months from now would look like. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. So with the families working together and living together, as you said, there's no boundaries uh, these days. Uh, not only in-laws, even the children, because mm-hmm. very often the places where families have most conversation are, number one, over the dining table, number mm-hmm. two, in the living room, mm-hmm. in the middle of watching TV together or having coffee, the conversation co- comes up. And then again, you cannot yet just, just stop them because as you said, there is a high level of anxiety. So they want to talk about it. They want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So it's a really a delicate balance. And then when there isn't any solution, more discussion we have informally, actually the situation gets worse. Instead of reducing anxiety, anxiety mm-hmm. level goes up. Mm-hmm. So that's something uh, people need to be very careful about it. Sometimes people believe that, oh, you know, more we talk about it and, you know, with the transparency, that's a good thing. Uh, no, not always. 
transparency is a good thing when there is something solid to share. Mm-hmm. When you share mm-hmm. uncertainty with more people and they share that uncertainty with more people, it creates more panic and fear. Mm. So uh, it's good to have the constructive discussion and really avoid uh, inconclusive, endless, open-ended discussion. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a very simple thing that you can do. But what I would recommend is because families, after almost spending a year together, they are running out of topics to talk about. <laughs> and then <laughs> very often with the existing relationship, we get into this conversation rut that we talk about the same thing over and over. So after a while, it seems like, uh, did we have the discussion yesterday? Or was it today? I cannot remember. I think we had that discussion also last week. Mm. So to avoid that, I would recommend actually a simple tool. So uh, I'm sure that in each country, there's other sources that you can buy. But for me, the sources that I know that's easy to access is Amazon or the bookstores. Mm -hmm. So when you go to bookstores or the Amazon, there are little conversation cards that you can buy. So they have many different editions. They have conversation cards for family, conversation cards for kids, conversation cards for couples. Mm-hmm. So in that card, uh, they will have a lot of different questions that we normally don't ask in the family. And I highly recommend at this point, every family getting that card. And when you are having dinner or when you are sitting in the living room, instead of going to your usual routine of talking about the weather, talking about what you heard on the news and giving your opinions and all that, uh, have this kind of more positive, constructive conversation and use this time to really get to know members better. So for example, I mean, I do that with my family. I will give you one example of the card. So for example, the card that I have today was kind of fun. Like, Who was the first TV character that you had crush on? (laughs) (laughs) So through this conversation, then actually it can lead to very interesting conversation. Mm. I mean, it could have been, uh, well, I was 10 years old and I watched this movie and I fell in love with a female character or, you know, and then you can talk about that movie. So it could lead to interesting conversation. Uh, another one that I had was uh, name the movies that you liked better than the book. Um, so just just giving you an example. Mm-hmm. And I think also we tend to take for granted that conversations are easy to have. Mm-hmm. And um, we so we just typically just jump into the deep end and we don't realize sometimes we have monotonous conversations that also increase anxiety and um, also can make us uncomfortable or even um, increase um, conflicts Mm -hmm. yes trying to using things like the tools that you've just said is something that completely takes it in another direction and ha- and you might learn new things about family members that you mm-hmm. didn't even know. And yes. I think even for those who don't have access to Amazon and so forth, I think um, just Googling, there should mm-hmm. be resources that allow you yes. to look for conversation starters and, mm-hmm. um, and start having interesting conversations among yourselves that, get, that help us to get to know each other better. Mm-hmm. Yes, 
Yes. So yeah, focus more on get, using this time as a way to really uh, build a relationship. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And as we wrap up today, I would just like to thank you for joining me and ask you if you have any parting words you'd like to share with my podcast listeners across the globe. Well, whenever there's a, a crisis and disturbance of existing business model, uh, there is actually great opportunities. Mm. And the family businesses, they have a lot more flexibility than multinational companies mm. who are big and slow in decision-making. So this is in fact, great opportunity for family businesses that as I mentioned, if they really carefully think about their strategy, how to adapt to the new environment, I'm sure that they will identify a lot of opportunities. So this is a difficult time, but mm -hmm. at the same time, this could provide great opportunities for family businesses to grow. Absolutely. Thank you once again, Leah. Okay, bye. bye.